What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The South, a place where you feel right at home. Where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. And support... Let's see here. Who else do we got? We have Mike Arrington. Good to have you here. Nancy Thames. Ah, there. Hold on. Where's my hat? Where's my hat? At this time, it's early. It's early, but we're saying hello. How are you to Ross Dogs, Broken Spirit, and any other agents and agencies that are kicking in tonight, listening on in. And uh, remember, you got our phone number already. We don't need to give it to you. Just give us a call sometime. Say hello. Remember, some of us, can be bought. 20 seconds. Let's see what we can do here. Love v. Love. Good to see you. And uh, let's see here. I think we're kind of pen man. How are you? Nina Williams. Good to see you. SOSQHD. Nice to have you back. Horns up. Let's rock. the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a power show of Woo tonight. Yes, the conductor of the Woo train. Our Keith Andrews is back for the ET Connection as Keith comes in 
each and every month to talk about some serious, serious woo. He doesn't play with that weak-ass woo that, you know, is at the bottom of your swimming pool or the bottom of your tub if you haven't washed it in a while. No, we're talking high-quality woo here. The kind of stuff that's going to just make you go, woo! Woo! That's our Keith Andrews right there. All right, then in hour number three, Steve Stockton from Among the Missing is going to bring us a great story, followed up by little Timmy Senor and our resident Timbit giving us the UFO reports. Our Keith Andrews is a lifelong experiencer and an ET contactee. It's been going on since literally as long as he could remember. And it, it comes in here each and every month to discuss the purpose of aliens coming to Earth and having contact with us. And once again, Keith uses his contactee experiences and his high intuitiveness to help others for more than the last 30 years get in touch with what is going on with them. He helps counsel those to learn that their experiences are as real as their living breath. Our Keith Andrews, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio, my man. How you doing? Dave, and how's everybody out there listening in? I think they're good. We got a packed house already for you in our chat room, and I know our radio audience is all excited for you tonight. You know, Keith, it's been, uh, I don't know if you caught any of the, the latest UFO hearings, but I could tell you, no. I could tell you, man, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty still pumped up to the fact that they are still talking very adamantly that the United States government has control of UFO craft as well as the pilots who are piloting those craft. Pretty cool, eh? Well, it's an intriguing thought to find out that they've actually got control of them. That they've got them in their possession, I won't argue the point. That they may have some of them of them piloting, I won't doubt at all. Will I debate whether or not they control them? Certainly. Well, I don't mean control as in that we got control of the situation. I'm saying they've got control of these dead bodies and these craft. Well, they've, they've certainly got some in, in their possession. There's no doubt there. And they're definitely trying to re to reverse engineer them, but they've run into a couple of major hiccups. And what are those hiccups, my man? Number one, they're looking at gravity in reverse, which is kind of quite as complicating their understanding of the OTE drive. Okay. The OTE drive, the oxidation of the tritranspiration molecularity. And until they get gravity sorted out, understanding that one's going to be a bit of a problem. Well, you got to accomplish one before you the other, right? Well, it might be an idea. It's kind of like trying to learn how to read if you don't know what the alphabet is. Good point. Very, very good point. Keith, you know, we have so many new listeners each and every time you come on here. And, and even looking at our chat room tonight, I'm seeing a bunch of new faces. And that always makes me happy when we can talk about this to new people. I mean, you are a lifelong ET contactee. You, it, it's happened literally since birth. And you know what? You have had the ultimate experiences of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yet here you are, you know, uh, still living and breathing. And you are pushing your way to help people learn about their own experiences, letting them know that this wasn't a dream. These experiences do happen. 
what is the best way for you that you approach someone when they come to you and say, Keith, I think I've been taken. I think I got some aliens. How do you approach that? Well, it, it really varies by the person, but the first thing I get them to do is lay out what they remember. You know, and right off the bat, you know, I tell them, look, I'm not going to tell you whether it's real or not yet. I will tell you that there's no doubt you're going through something. Right, and then after they explain what they remember, then we start piecing two and two together. Sometimes I can give them a pretty quick answer and go, this is what you're likely dealing with. You know, sometimes it does turn out to be, no, you can explain it very comfortably with these events. And if they if they go, yeah, that makes sense, then we're done. If they go, no, it still feels off. So, okay, then we look further than that and see what we come up with. It's not just the cut and dried, yes, you were taken, no, you weren't taken. You know, there's way more to it than that. But the first rule of thumb is you never tell somebody they're wrong. Because you don't know until, and you know this from your own investigation and investigative processes, that you don't know until you've done a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does one know if they are an ET experience or not just experiencing dreams? Um, the best way I can put it is there will be, if it's just a dream, the uneasy feeling will fade pretty quick once you wake up and get oriented to the waking world. If it's been something more, that feeling is likely to haunt you for the better portion of the day, or maybe longer. You know, it's the easiest way to differentiate. And again, unfortunately, it is not a black and white this is the way it is for everybody. That's just an overall, you know, a generality, if you will. But if you wake up, I mean, one of the obvious issues, and I've, I've dealt with people that have woken up with their clothes on backwards, you know, or clothes that weren't theirs at all. I remember one guy ended up that I was talking to personally, ended up, he had a, he had a wallet in his possession that he had no way of understanding how he got it. Because he was Canadian, and the wallet belonged to some guy in Eastern, in Eastern Germany. Well, that's never any good. That's never any good, especially well, when you're trying to, you know, go pay for groceries at the store. Guy in Germany was completely lost with it. It's like, what the heck? From what I, the last I heard, they got it all sorted out. But I'll tell you, you want proof that something happened, that'll do it. So when people get taken, is it usually the greys that come... You know, and and I the say mantid. this, I, I Keith, I've never seen a mantid. I've never seen a reptilian. I've never seen uh, a humanoid. I've never seen uh, an Arcturian. I've never seen a Pleiadian human, you know, or a blue-skinned human or, or whatever. And, you know, everything that surrounds me seems to be around greys. And I, it seems that most people as well. That is very correct, because the greys, the zeta reticulans, are the ones that develop the hybridization program. 
So, yes, they are, on the whole, the ones that do most of the abductions. I mean, some of the other races, like, for instance, the Klee Clock, or who you know is the Mantis, um, certainly do their abductions and do their studies. But they're not trying to hybridize anybody. If the tech like take you, you're not coming home. It's pretty much like cut and dried. You're going for dinner on the wrong end of the barbecue stick. I want to ask you something. We were doing some filming up here a couple weeks ago. And we were doing this experiment called the Estes Method. Where you use noise-canceling headphones to listen into a radio signal. And you wear a very dark black blindfold, a thick one, so you can't see any light protruding in. I never heard any voices, but what I did see for the first time was I saw a big white orb to the right side of my head. Okay, it was so bright, I was squinting inside this blindfold. Number two, I started seeing alien gray heads all over the place. But what scared me the most and confused me the most about that, Keith, was the fact that I also, for the first time, saw reptilian eyes. The very bright, lumin- you know, the bright green. I could see the scales. It's just the eyes. And the yeah. bright, bright orange alligator-like eyes. And I've never ever seen that before and i'm going to be honest with you it tripped me out a little bit keith i can understand that this is this is why i tell people when they go oh i just want to have an experience or why don't these guys show themselves well i'm telling you there's a reason they don't show themselves you know just with the eyes you know how trippy you got you know how tripped out you got well, take a look at what happens when you put those eyes in the face of a, of a 13 to 14 foot reptile. All of a sudden, that little bit of uneasiness is going to get a whole lot more complicated. You know, but uh, this is going to sound like an odd question, but the eyes you were looking at, were they definitively binocular binocular eyes? As in set in the front of the head? No, I didn't see any other part of the head. I just got I got the left eye first, then I got the left eye second, and then later on I got the right eye third. That it, that was it. It came to me like three, four times. Okay. So that sounds like you with that in mind, that's that's kinda of comical in my eyes, but I'm twisted. Well, fill me in on that because I am curious. Well, if you're getting a left eye, like if you're getting a definitive one eye, and then a second view of, a, of an eye that is the same eye, and then the third picture is the other eye, you're looking at a reptile that has to turn their head from there to, like, from left and spin around to the right to get a look at you with the other eye. Which means you're dealing with something that, that is much more of a field hunter, a.k.a. a Teklak. Uh, Teklak is your most likely. And, of course, with the graves flowing around, they want the Teklak wouldn't touch you. That orb, on the other hand, that, in all likelihood, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said the orb was only about 
four or five inches in diameter? No, it was maybe the about half the size of a golf ball. Okay, then you definitely then you're as close to definite as I'm getting. You're dealing with a Verosic. They are a strictly light based individual. It's technically possible you could have been dealing with a Yumion, but but the reptilian there aren't many reptilians built with that extended of a jawline that they would have to physically turn their head to look at you. Okay, so the fact that I had this experience out in the middle of a forest, did that mean that they were actually physically around? Or were these just projections that they were putting into me? I would be inclined to say that the that the reptilian was there. And there's no doubt that Vrozik would have been. As for the greys, that was simply, I would lay odds, that was simply your old friend going, hey, we're back in the neighborhood. Do you mind if I drop by? It wasn't him. I know that. Oh, I know it wasn't him. I was That's why I said projection. He right now is out in Titan. He's getting closer. I can feel him. He being, yeah. he being alien Carl. Not human Carl in our chat room. We got to straighten no, not that human. out. I don't know. Human Carl in our chain in the chat room may well be getting closer to you. I don't know. Maybe he's coming up to visit you. No, it ain't human Carl. No, but <laughs> you, you know what? It was weird because, you know, we talk a lot about aliens and a lot of people around here. If you're, if you're a veteran listener to this show, you know, the story of Carl, the alien who showed up at my window while I was broadcasting this show back in 2015. Was it really that long ago? Yeah, and then he, came, then he came back in 2018. He hasn't been back in, in five years. But all of a sudden, the other night, and I've got the text message here. I do. I think I sent it to you on Facebook. Was it Facebook? Yeah, you sent me word that you were trying to figure out what the heck it was all about and why all of a sudden he was showing up again. Yeah, like all of a sudden I started picking up his energy and I said, Keith, I think Carl is on his way or something like that. And uh, I no, I said to you, this was Tuesday night. I said, where is Carl? I could feel him. Not strong, not here, but close. And you said he is just doing a tedious system check on Titan then we'll be attending a speaking engagement at at least one university on Mars. <laughs> then he returns here. I don't know where you got the Mars thing, man, but that made me laugh. Well, in all fairness, it's en route. In an odd sort of twisted way. You got it's it's a convoluted path, but you gotta remember the Martokians are a are a young race where the consortium is concerned. Well, you know what? It was uh, a real wicked experience because I wasn't scared of the eyes. I wasn't scared of the grays. In fact, I when I was picturing them in my head, uh, when I was doing the Estes method, uh, I, I I knew the grays were going to be there. I just knew it. Okay? And uh, um, Well, you do know the grays have been watching you for... Quite frankly, dang near a decade now. 
I know. That's what's eerie about it. I'll never forget the first time I told you you were being watched. I think you just about fell off the you know, fell off your chair. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, I'm still a you know a, a creeped out uh, experiencer. I you know I lose my marbles every now and again when it happens, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Why can't I be? Well, you know, you, it really is wise to be okay with it. You know, in my case, I just don't know what it's like not to be that way. But for most people, you know, most people, that kind of a of an interruption in life can throw things for a loop. Very true. Very true. We got a bunch of audience questions here. Why don't we get started on that? We've got about five minutes to go before we have to go to break. At the bottom of the Absolutely. hour, our Keith Andrews is our guest. Keith Voices is kicking things off tonight by asking, what do the aliens think of David Grush? Now, I know you don't watch the news and you don't really follow the UFO field. David Grush is a whistleblower who spent four years as part of the UAP task force at the Pentagon. He is the man who is breaking open a lot of news that we always thought was true, but apparently could be true, as he's sworn under oath, saying that uh, people have been killed by their own government regarding this subject, people, including him and his wife, have been threatened or hurt, that the United States is in possession of UFO aircraft, as well as the pilots. He never called them aliens, okay, as well as the pilots. He believes that um, these craft are being held by private companies, so that way they are void of uh, non-disclosure agreements or FOIA requests. Okay, there's a lot going on with this guy. Now, he has never seen anything. Most of his information came from other people, but still he's a whistleblower on what the government knows with this subject. What do you think of whistleblowers like that? Well, you know, I'm always cautious about whistleblowers, but by the everything that you've just laid out, I will without, and of course, I don't have anything to corroborate it, but I will absolutely tell you what what you just relayed. David is is absolutely on the money. You know, and the government, you know, the funny part about it is. The government, though they don't always have total uh, total ownership or possession of the stuff, they know where ninety percent of it is. Because let's not forget, even with the private companies, if they put something in in cold storage, and you know they they log it in and doing the research, you can bet your bottom dollar that their servers have been compromised, and the government absolutely knows what they've got in the bin. But you are right. Leaving it with the private corporations takes it out of the culpability of the... My soul is in the South. So even as thunder rumbles across the skies, my spirit keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow Southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure 
that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. Of the government's handles. I'm not sure I'm a fan of that, you know, because if you need information, you can't get information, and the private companies don't have to share that information. Well, it's okay. The government doesn't share the information anyway, so which one matters? You know, if the private company won't share it and the, go- and the government, when they've got it, won't share it, what's the difference other than, the fa- other than who's not sharing? I don't know. Let's get to another question. Yo. Let's go to Justin Absolutely. here. Hey, Keith, what's your favorite race of ETs? Mine are the tall whites. What's your opinion of them? Well, I certainly don't have a problem with them. You're talking about the Aldebarons, the tall whites, that is. Nice people. You know, I don't know if I've got a favorite, a favorite race, but I do have some really good friends in the Strazazian community and the, and the vegan community. And that's vegan, not vegan. You know, if I go to the to the ancient races, then I get along really well with the dwarfed race and the elfed race. But, you know, for me, I've got friends in many different communities, really different when you think of it in Terran terms, but I really don't have one race that is, you know, above everybody else. Some of them I do find are, are kind of intriguing. You know, but you've got to be, with some of them, their habits are, shall we say, from a human standpoint, a little a little offsetting. Fortunately, I get a lot, and fortunately, they know well enough that when I'm going for dinner, they cook things that they normally may not. <laughs> you know. Oh, I hear you. Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here in about 20 seconds on Spaced Out Radio. And you know what, my man? It's already off to a great start on this show. And, uh, man, uh, I don't know where it's going tonight, but looking at the questions, we got some great questions from our audience in our chat room on YouTube on a nightly basis here, and we love it when we get the audience participation as they ride along the Woo Train with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Keith's uh, sideburns are on sale for $149.99 plus tax. That's Canadian tax. Spaced Out Radio will return right after this with the ET Connection. Stay tuned. 
you know, normally I am done saying hi to people in the chat room about 15 minutes ago. My fingers yeah. are killing me right now. Killing me. Look, that's what you get for being polite and saying hi to people. Uh, David Stein, thank you for tuning in, my man, from uh, uh, the, the Toronto area. Uh, wondering what's going on with uh, Saga 960. Uh, what we do, my man, is uh, is I send uh, our show is delayed by one day. So the show you hear tonight will actually play on our radio stations on Monday night, which is why we don't date a lot of things or try not to. Uh, we do it that way, and then I edit all the segments out. So that way we get a, a, a clear radio cast for them. Uh, and, um, yeah, that would be an accidental edit on, on their part. Uh, I know they work hard. They love the show. I know, you know, Mississauga at Saga 960, uh, believe it or not, our show, and I, and I've seen the numbers, our show has increased their listenership by over 1500%. Since before we were on there, fifteen hundred percent. It's amazing. Uh, if you have any issue, um, what you could do, Dave, if you want to stay up to date with the show, you can join us here. Uh, we're here, and I know we're. Th- it's. I know the show is uh, comes on earlier in Mississauga. I believe it runs ten Eastern to one AM Eastern there. Uh, so, but if you want, if you want to stay up a little bit later, you can watch, uh, the next show live, uh, that same night. So if that works for you, we'd love to have you here, man. And I hope that answer works for you. Hi, Penny Van. Why would a person purchase a lamb chop sideburn? Would be kept as a pet, like a triple? Uh, Possibly. Possibly. And Boeen, how are you? Good to see you. Number 76 in your program, starting at Right Defense from Stockholm, Sweden, Lars Janssen. Good to see you. Hi, Nina Williams. Debbie Nickerson, how are you? Uh, word first ist, word one ist. I don't get your name. Uh, Wolverine, good to see you. The lovely and talented Kira has returned. There aren't many people who have hair nicer than mine. Kira is one of them. JSCO, honestly, man, I am not getting your question. I am not seeing it pop up. I've been looking for it. I am not seeing it. I'm, I'm not sure if you're using a word that's maybe banned by YouTube. I don't know. Hi, Grantavius. By the way, I'm mad at you. Uh, you I looked at your uh, work video today, and you were clean shaven. You know that doesn't fly with me. No, nope, not at all. Gray's put me on a table like rock I know what that feeling is like 
Yeah, I like the energy bath better. Yeah. By the way, Kira, you will be happy to know that I've cut off all liquids, all liquids except water now. I'm back to water. Uh, Soul, if you want a question answer, put your question in capital letters. And uh, Mennonite Abe, which another thing that's weird, uh, I see your super chat. It never popped up for me on this side. So, But thank you for that, my man. Always appreciate you, Mennonite Abe. You're one of the good dudes out there. Uh, I'll ask your question to Keith in the next half hour when we get to it. I got them all in line here. Did I get JSCO? Yeah. Jimmy, I don't I've know. I've been watching for myself. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it come up at all yet. Uh, I figure I'd catch it just in case. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, uh, I'm just wanting them to quench my thirst. I love veggies. Oh, I love veggies. Thank you to Mennonite Abe, Huben Carl, Mark, and Deb for the great super uh, chats. Little Timmy Senor is in the chat room now. Remember, you can uh, support this show through the super chat. You can also support us with giving us a thumbs up, thumbs down. And if you're new here, hit subscribe, ring the bell. Here we go. Yeah, I haven't found JSCL come through at all. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues here on the big show as we are getting into everything extraterrestrial tonight. And I know that we got a ton of questions coming for you. Keith, are you ready? We are ready to go. All right, let's do this. Let's go to Pixie Lara. What is your first memory of ET contact, and what can you tell us about it? First memory of ET contact was actually uh, right out of the incubator when I was born. I decided I didn't like the idea. I didn't like this world at all, even at that point. And left my didn't. I had no interest in coming back to my body. So when I when I astro traveled, I didn't even build the umbilical cord to find my body. That morning, I ran into the well. That I don't know if it was morning or night, but I ran into the council at twelve. And they cut me off, and it's like, where are you going? I said, I'm done here. I'm going home. They went, no, no, no. You signed a contract. You've got work to do. I said, I didn't sign up for that abuse. Well, I lost the argument and ended up back in the incubator. And I will tell you, astral traveling, if you're ever in ICU, do not astral travel while you're in ICU. They get really... 
My soul is in the South, so even as thunder rumbles across the skies, my spirit keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow Southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. Panicky when you leave your body, and they electrocute you to bring you back. They also call that defib. But that was, I got told flat out by the Council of Twelve at the time that I was not done on Earth. That I had a lot more I still had to do. So, net result, here I am. Am I upset with them? No. I'm disappointed that I've made four runs. At, well, I've actually made ten runs of getting off this planet. They keep shipping me back. I think I might just as well do something else for a hobby. I can see why. I can totally see why. All right, let us continue on with our questions uh, for you here, Keith. Uh, Sure. Justin, following up, is asking, why were you in an incubator? Tell us more. Because I was born mottled green and black. And um, they were worried my heart was going to up and quit. Well, they were right, it did, just for a different reason. But when I was born... I know that I was born via my mom. I remember coming down the coming down the tube. I remember coming into the bright light. And I'll tell you, people that tell you that that birth is a wonderful experience do not remember their experience. You know, so I mean, I come out of a very tight, very warm little place, squeezed through an absolute tiny knot hole, burst into brilliant, blinding white light. Some giant spun me upside down and beat the living stuffing out of me until I screamed. And then poked and prodded me before they put me under an even brighter light on a really hard surface and stabbed me a few more times. Needless to say, I was not happy about this whole event. Long and the short of it, I ended up surviving in a manner of speaking. And here I am. Uh, yes, it's, and that's what's called the Reader's Digest version. Let's go to Pixie Lara. Oh, we already asked that one. I apologize. Let's go to Mark Sanchez, who always wears a nice Hawaiian shirt wherever he goes. R. Keith, do you think non-human intelligences are ashamed of their beards? Oh, my. Uh, no, we can safely say that if you take a look at the dwarfed race, being ashamed of their beards would not be high on the list of, of, a, of a good conclusion. But no, uh, most of the of the non-humans are, you know, if they happen to have beards, they're quite content with them themselves. They don't look down on it by any functional stretch. Okay, let's continue on. Let's go to Blenium. Keith, give us some survival tips for encountering one of those not-so-nice reptilians. Is there any way to talk yourself out of that situation? Number one, showing fear is a bad idea. Okay, but, you know, much as showing fear is a bad idea, do not challenge them. As in, oh, you can't do that to me. 
And I mean, it, it's comical to watch somebody go, oh, I'm so-and-so and I ha- I own such and such. You can't do this. As humans do to humans. A reptilian will look at him and go, yeah, well, that's a great suit, but we're removing it anyway because we need to do what we're doing. But the biggest thing is, do not ever assume that they're dumb animals. Because more often than not, they are far more intelligent than the human race. They just have a few limitations that you guys can work with. Not the least of which is doing the unexpected will absolutely temper things. Not the least of it. One, one obvious example is when they go to, when they go to, when the greys go to take a sample and they pull out that funny thing called a dexospanalyzer, ask them to let you see it. You know, show genuine curiosity and you'll derail their whole, their whole overbearing assessment. They don't know how to handle people that don't follow the, the normal roads without aggression, that is. Uh, By the way, for those of you that think making a joke is going to work, you got to remember, they don't have the same sense of humor you do, so they'll probably miss it. All right, let's continue on here. Let us go over to Paramarv. R. Keith, to the best of my knowledge, I've never had a visit from an alien. Do you know the reasons why they don't interact with some of us? Am I not worthy? It's got nothing to do with worthiness. It has to do with two major factors. First, whatever it is they're looking into. Okay. And bearing in mind that there are over 8 billion people on the planet, they've got a wide wide, uh, array of people to select from. That'd be the first issue. The second one is, if your bloodline has been relatively untouched, then they're not likely to do much with it. In other words, if if none of your ancestors or relatives have been picked up before, then there's not many of them that will touch you because it destroys that entire that entire direct array. They'll still take readings and what have biological readings and what have you, but non-invasive. What do they do with all of the biology and sampling they collect? That's used for the most of it is used for the hybridization program. As in trying to figure out, you know, I mean, you got to remember, humans are one race that is, if you will, a universal donor, even amongst the aliens. So what they end up doing is you're looking at multiple races, at least 2,500 that I'm aware of. Okay. And you got to remember, people think humans have a lot of, a lot of humans on the planet. You know, we got over 8 billion on Earth. When you go to these other guys' planets, they had too many, so they went to new planets. All right, let's move on. Let's go over to uh, JSCO, who is asking, I'm seeing that parts of our community that fit in, that to fit in, you must hate God and the Bible. I do not believe that. How do our guests feel about that? How do you feel about that, Keith? From my standpoint, I'm a firm believer in God. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in God and in Yeshua, who you know is Christ. Probably more so than many, 
But, and I could get in trouble for this, so I'm going to bite my tongue on part of that. I will tell you I have major complications with many of the mainstream religions because they've completely chewed up the whole concept. And yeah, I could go into further detail, but I know how how that can backfire on a, on a uh, channel. And I'm not going to do that to you, Dave. But I, I will tell that. you this. He wants... Um, I forget who the gentleman was or the lady. Um, if they want a more a more complete answer, absolutely, tell them to drop me a line. Yeah, I'm a God guy too. I have no problem admitting that I'm a God guy too. So uh, I don't think you know a lot of people, in my opinion, and I, I'll say it, Keith, they confuse their spirituality with a man-made religion. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes in. So that's where we'll leave it. How about that? Well, yeah, that's why I leave you for the diplomacy. My, my diplomatic approach is I know limited. <laughs> I know, my man. Let's continue on here. Let's go to the Spreaker chat room. And Cat the Kit is asking, Long time, Keith. You're looking good. Here's my question. If there was to be a captured alien, would they be the equivalent of a U.S. drone losing one? Um, if it were an actual captured alien, and depending on how they went about capturing, because there are some in, in lockup right now, you know, that they that the different governments around the world do have. But it depends on what they're doing with the with the alien. If they were actually, if word got out that they were torturing, for instance, it'd be a whole lot of a problem. And you wouldn't be wondering whether or not we had visitors. Although you might be wondering what, what happened to that underground, that underground military base that now looks similar to a crater. I get that. I do get that, Keith. All right, let's move on as our next question comes from Joe in California. Oob to Joe's main. If we haven't seen an alien since we were five or six years old, are we still considered abductees? I think I damaged a few of them. Uh, I, would like to start, I would like to start with that answer, if you don't mind. Joe, you've got aliens. You've got aliens. You're still being abducted. The quarters have proven that. The scratches on your legs have proven that. Your beautiful hair is the reason why they keep coming back. Okay, Keith, now it's your turn. First of all, if you've been abducted once, you're an abductee. Doesn't matter how many times after that. Okay, that's to start with. As far as damaging them, wouldn't be a shock, especially if it were the Zeta Reticulans that picked you up to start with. Because they're not exactly the most formidable physical form. Which is why they travel with the Nords. But no, that way you're still absolutely, if you've been taken even once, you're... My soul is in the South, so even as thunder rumbles across the skies, my spirit keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. The South, a place where you feel right at home. 
where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of so- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goals. And heat is more than just flavor. We weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. You're an abductee. All right. You know, that would pretty much be the best way to put it. Let's go to Matt. What is the true nature of dreams? In a, in a nutshell, actual dreams are your subconscious ability to warn you or help you understand what's going on in your actual life. And this is why I am so against lucid dreaming, which controls what the dreams tell you. But the dreams are your higher senses sorting things out to give you a little bit of a, of a, of a handle on things that don't necessarily make quantifiable sense. How do we tell the de- the difference between a, a lucid dream and real encounters with aliens? A lucid dream, you're going through the dream, and the people that do this know they're doing it. You're going through a dream, and you go, I don't like what's going on, so I want it to change in this fashion. And it changes in the fashion they're planning it out. Okay. A real-time event, you cannot want it to happen at all. And it's still going to happen. But the difference between a dream and a real event is a dream when you come out of it, even if it's a, if it's a nightmare. Within the first hour and a half, two hours, your nerves will settle back down and you'll be going, no, that was a dream and it was terrible. It was a nightmare, but I'm able to function. If it's an actual, an actual physical encounter, then that, that feeling of disconcertedness is likely to haunt you for a few days, minimum. And may, frankly, last years. Mennonite Abe would like to know, how many dimensional beings are there? Fifth, sixth, tenth? Do they interact with our, in our dimension? Okay, I'm glad he put it that way, because that's not beings, that's levels. That I'm aware of, 12. And no, they do not interact with each other. That's why we're not getting an evolution of Earth moving to the fifth dimension or people being raised to the fifth dimension or the seventh dimension. You have to, in order for you to go from the third to the fourth, 
There is a specific pattern and it applies to everybody. You have to go out, find all of your soul component parts, which are literally thousands of them. Once you're all together and have evolved to a high enough level, you go back to the central hub and then and only then do you have the option of going into a new dimension. But when you step into the fourth, fifth, or whichever one you choose, it doesn't have to be third, then fourth. You get to pick and choose. Because once you choose, you walk into that new dimension. And I'll use the term walk a little loosely. And you get broken up into your component parts. So you're stuck in that dimension until you find all the bits and pieces and all the information that's available in order to get back to the hub and start over. When you've gone through all 12 dimensions, in whatever order, you come back to the hub. Now you can move on to the next stage of your of your evolution. So yeah, it's a very long, very drawn out, convoluted path. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to voices. Keith, what do the aliens think of... Spaced Out Radio's Legendary Music by Ron Bumblefoot Thal. Some of them like it, some of them don't. You know, it's it's just that simple. However, most of the ones that are doing any of the research know that's, uh, that music comes on. It's time to turn in and tune in to SOR and see what's cooking. Yes. Love it. Love it. Even the aliens are rocking out with their horns up. Oh, that makes me feel good. Makes me Some feel of them good. don't have any options. All right. Well, let's uh, let us move on here and go to Casey. I want to know why I was abducted as a kid and then again in 2017. Now, honestly, Casey, way too many variables there. First rule of thumb. I understand what your name is, but here's a piece of information I'm missing to give you a definitive why. Don't know your blood type, don't know the race that picked you up, and don't know what you were up to at the time. Therefore, the why, I don't know, but I will tell you, when you were picked up as a child, they took, they took, um, they took samples and, and recordings and what have you, and then, many years later, they pick you up again to see how you have evolved Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and socially speaking. You know, it's just part of an ongoing, uh, ongoing, um, I'll call it tracking for lack of a better word. Humans do the same thing with it, with other, with other lower life forms. Don't take that as an insult. It's just a statement of reality. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. We've got just under four and a half minutes. Let's go to Joe. Do aliens like watching our movies that are broadcast? If so, what did they think of our depiction of aliens in movies? Well, they understand that movies are just that. And from their standpoint, when the humans, you know, when humans show a movie, and I'm talking in general. When humans show a movie of humans chasing the aliens off and winning their and protecting their home planet, they go, well, on the whole, they're looking at it going, well, that's what makes you feel a little better about yourself, have a happy. 
you know, because from their standpoint, the depictions of humans fighting off aliens are completely out in left field. I mean, yes, humans can be surprising. But to them, it's very much like the like when we talk about D-Day and the, and the war movies show people running back to collect up their wounded friends in the movies. Right. When you talk to somebody that actually was on the beach of Normandy, the reality of it is way more brutal and way worse of an outcome. So the off-world is when they're watching the movies that humans watch, they're going, well, it is meant for entertainment. And because of humans' fragile intellect, if they require that to feel a little better and a little more secure, enjoy. When you look at the negative ones, they're going... Let their ego lead them because if, if their ego leading them will be so much more sweet, so much sweeter when we actually pull it off, you know, and totally decimate them without anybody's knowledge of it even starting. The victory will be that much sweeter. So, I mean, you've got a mixed bag of, of emotions that run depending on the races. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Jeff Steve Garvey. Our Keith, what will happen to those people that poo-poo or laugh at aliens when disclosure occurs? Well, aside from their having to deal with it, like the individual that was going, no, no, aliens aren't real. Aside from their having to deal with the fact that, oh my gosh, my whole reality went out the window, Nothing untoward is actually actually slated to do deal with them at all. Because as, as the saying goes, you don't have to believe in aliens for aliens to believe in you. Do they believe in us? Oh, yeah. Although when you go to the fringes, a race that is that fragile cannot be that creative. You know, there is no way that, that there could be a race as fragile and as, and, and as internally conflicted as humans are. There's no way they could get off the planet, even on the local level. You know, so there are those that consider humans a myth. Let's sneak in one more. we got 90 seconds. Neil is wondering, is Venus really a tropical planet full of total babes? Tropical, no, but the the Venusian women and men, for that matter, are extremely from a from an artistic standpoint, are extremely pleasing in appearance. They are one of the two best. If you're looking at at Karen consideration of beauty, the Venusians and the Orions are the best looking women. Okay, although there is a, a debate. As far as the as far as what I'm going to temporarily refer to as the Amazonian women, you know, and I am talking about from a human perspective, not necessarily from them and from theirs. All right, Keith, I appreciate that. Can we get one more in here? Super Crazy's asking: After death, will we be reunited with our loved ones? Twenty seconds, Keith. Many of them, yes. Friends, family, pets, plants, all of them go to the same place. Even the elementals. All of them go to the same place. 
So, yeah, many of your loved ones will be there if they're not already in transition. It's a beautiful thing, my man. It's a beautiful thing. It absolutely thing. is. Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Hard to believe we're already through one hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott, your host behind the microphone. My soul is in the south, so even as thunder rumbles across the skies, my spirit keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. Wrapped up in tinfoil. Spaced Out Radio continues with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection, taking audience questions all night long, at least for the next hour, on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. The fun continues right after this. Keith, I'm going to step aside for a minute here. Do you want to just chat with the audience, or do you want to, uh, or do you want to go in the green room? Oh no, I can chat with them. I got no problem. Do you mind if I answer one question? All right. Uh, any questions for Keith? Keep them in lowercase letters, if you don't mind, because uppercase is for the show. There was one question that SOL asked. Uh, okay, S-O-L-L, you asked, where is the proof? And here's the sad reality of it. From my end, you're not getting it. I live this sort of thing, but here's the, the other side of that reality. Where, for those of you that believe that off-worlders exist or that ancient, ancient races exist, for those of you that believe there is, there is you know, no proof is necessary. For those of you that don't believe it is likely that no proof is possible. Okay, that's the that's the easiest way I can put it. Now, do I take offense to that? No. But the sad reality is, no, I don't carry a camera with me to take pictures. I'm not about to turn around and point out where people are, you know, where underground bases are. That could get me in way too much trouble. And besides that, there are certain things, like if I knew where you lived, would you want me telling everybody else where, where you lived? Now, if it becomes a legal matter, I'll absolutely do what I can. But as far as proof goes, not going to happen. At least not as far as I know. You know, that's the easiest way I can put that. I'm just looking at the chat room here. Um, just for those of you that are in there, let me find what I'm looking for. I've got this other neat little issue. Where are we? That one. If you're actually, if I if I don't get to your question, okay, if I, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Let's see if this works. If I don't get to your question, for whatever reason, absolutely drop me a line at that email. Okay, and I will do my best. Okay, that's that's the email to get a hold of me. 
directly. It's also the because I do actually put a put a free, absolutely hundred percent free newsletter out. Okay, that is only available by request. The other neat little part about it. Uh, what have we got here? Just looking back up. I do appreciate that, the other side. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, my life is very different from what people would call normal. I'd almost, I, you know, I'd almost agree with you there, sweetly morbid. <laughs> you know, I, I really would. The, the nice little part about it is do I, I don't hold people's belief against them. Can I prove what I'm going through? No, but if it makes you feel any better, I question a lot of what I've gone through and wait for corroboration for other from other people to get to let me know I haven't completely gone gone offline. But I will tell you, it wasn't me that first of all recalled that I was abducted. It was actually a professional psychiatrist, hypnotherapist that did it, and that always proved out and proved to be interesting. But hopefully, SOL, that answers your question to a little bit. You know, whether it does or not, I don't know. But, you know, I'm watching, I'm only watching the Space Dive YouTube chat. Because unlike Dave, I cannot track the number that he's got, so I don't even bother. How are we doing, Dave? I'm great. How are you doing? Not bad. The only the only question that I bought I didn't check any of the rest of the ones there's there's ones coming up and I just totally ignored them but the one was an issue of he SOL literally asked where is the proof absolutely I love that question and yes, it's my favorite I was a lot more polite than I was last time yeah I that's my <laughs> yeah. that's my favorite question where is the proof. Exactly. Well, like I told him, I said, look, for those of you that believe in, in UFOs or believe in aliens, no proof is necessary. For those of you that don't, no proof is likely possible. I forgot to send Tim the, uh, the link for tonight. Uh, <coughs> give me a minute here, Keith. High Pocket Reality, how you doing? And uh, I see our good friend, little t- uh, Tim uh, Tommy Fessler, is here. I'll get to that super chat in here in a minute. Uh, thank you, Darth Maylock, for coming on in. Welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, thank you, Valerie Peters. Welcome to SOR Chat. And how far up is that? There it is. Little Tommy Fessler, the man who is getting ready for fall by wearing plaid as we speak. Love Thomas and his support from Disclosure tonight. And let's see, who else do we have here? Are there any other questions? All right. Thank you to our uh, our Aquarius Dreamwalker. Welcome to SOR Chat. And thank you to our super chatters tonight. Deb, Mark, Human Carl, Mennonite Abe, A.A. Ron, W. Decker, T-Bone, and Thomas. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so, so much. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, Shell Ashley, welcome to SOR Chat. Here we go. 
You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Our number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Please join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Nemophilus. Demophilist is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the R. Keith Andrews and the E.T. Connection. So we are talking everything extraterrestrial tonight. Keith, thank you so much for being here. Always appreciate you having fun with us. Oh, I, I love it. Uh, you know, it's like I've told people. Unless you turn around and say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not planning on going anywhere in spite of everything I've got on the go. Well, let us run through, and we want to say shout-out to Lord William in our chat room. He's new to the show, loving it so far, so thank you so much for joining us, Lord William. We greatly appreciate it, and all our new listeners who are tuning us in. Let's start off with iVoices. Keith, why do people, skeptics like Mick West, upset you? What, what, what do the skeptics do that really grind your gears? I don't mind skeptics. It's ones. It's one the ones that are. Let's try English, shall we? It's ones that are evasive and won't give you a straight answer that makes any sense. A.K.A. Believe me, there you know, you're wrong. So just believe me. It's what I call a godplex. And I think one of the reasons it ticks me off is because I grew up with in a family where I had one of those. And you know. I don't mind being wrong. I've been wrong many times. Okay. But when somebody says, I know what I'm talking about, and you're absolutely wrong, and your opinion doesn't matter because I'm God, is the way the man comes across. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that, that really aggressive skeptics do that I look at them going, do you actually think before you speak or can you? Yeah, because they leave craters in their explanations. But in deference to the other shows, I, there's a lot of times I won't say anything. I hear you there. I hear you there. All right, let's move on. we got a ton of questions here. Let's go to Vinman. If mantids are benevolent, how much trouble am I in for biting one of their knuckles and escaping from them working on my back? Well... <laughs> First of all, on the whole, they are, and you're not in any. It's a, it's a risk of, you know, it's a risk of dealing with, with lower life forms. You're going to get kicked. You're going to get, and get bitten. Besides that, your teeth aren't, aren't strong enough to cause any damage to their, to their carapace. All right. Super crazy. The South, a place where you feel right at home. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. My soul is in the south, so even as thunder rumbles across the skies, my spirit keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. He wants to know which ET races are friendly to humans and which are non-friendly to humans. The massive majority of them are are, um, not benevolent. The massive majority are, are really ambivalent. Okay, but Strazazians, which are a seven and a half to eight and a half foot reptilian, are actual allies of humans. Pleiadians, the Pleiadians don't come here uh, as purebreds. Only the hybrids come here, and they're benevolent to everybody. They're just natural healers. Greys on the holer are benevolent. Now, if you're looking for malevolent, you definitely don't want to be dealing with the. With the tech like which are a three and a half, a four and a half, five and a half foot um, raptor-like reptilian, you certainly don't want to deal with the Maldox or, um, you know, tech likes and the Maldox. Oh, and the Wara, you definitely don't want to play with. The Wara is kind of like a Sasquatch, except it'll rip your arms off and beat you to death with a wet end. All right, let's continue on. Let us go over to Decipher. Will Bitcoin work when I want an ET hamburger, or is there a currency exchange on other planets? Number one, I wouldn't trust Bitcoin myself if I were paid to. Well, if I were paid to trust it, I'll take the money. Still won't trust it, but... And no, they don't actually... They have a work hour. On the whole, they have a a man-hour pay scale. You put in X number of of hours of work, you get X amount of of buying power. And in answer to that other neat little question, well, what if somebody's no longer able to work? In most cultures, you're either a senior advisor or you're lunch. Or you might end up in the fusion reactor as fuel. But if you're an invalid, 
if there's no use for you, you're disposed of. And yes, I know that sounds callous. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Super Crazy again. Do the known alien races outnumber Earth's human population? The known alien races? Yeah. No, not that I'm aware of. I'm only aware of approximately 2,500, and I've only documented in excess of 100. Okay, but there are over 8 billion humans. Now, that said, if you're asking, do the, do the alien races, the populations of the alien races outnumber the humans? Oh, head and shoulders above. One race alone outnumbers Earth. As a matter of fact, I can think of a couple of races where you take all the denizens of Earth, including the ancient races, and you're looking at them having more people than the, than the entire planet of all the species combined have. And this is why mankind has not got a prayer in an off-world war. Okay, let's continue on with Neil. Do any other alien races races worship Alice Cooper as their god? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I love the question sometimes. Uh, River Dogma, Keith. If a craft, if uh, what's this? If a craft uh, has placed you. In the big headlight, does this mean you have been taken? No, but it certainly means you have been examined, that you have been scanned. The taken is a whole different ball game. It does it does stack the favor in, in stack the deck in favor of you having been taken, but it's certainly no proof of it. Mm, some people just want aliens. Tracy wants to know. R. Keith, what races worked with the Nazis back in World War II, and are they still actively involved with other world affairs? Um, okay, well, the first world, the first the first part, I don't know specifically which race was dealing with the Nazis. I do know that they did not turn over combat weaponry and or you know and or defensive weaponry. That was all done by mankind. I won't debate that the Nazis had some incredible scientists that, that reverse-engineered or in, engineered things inspired by off-world races. Now, as for are they still actively involved with world affairs, if we're referring to the races being actively involved, only on a cursory level, none of them are involved in heavy politics or major corporations. It's absolutely been totally forbidden. And it's been forbidden since back at the time of the Norse gods. Okay. Voices wants to know, is Satan real, and what is his true role? Well, first of all, Satan is a title. Number two, is she real? The answer is yes. That's the other problem. It's not his role, it's hers. But her role was to come down and teach people the importance of literal contract law. You'll notice that the one consistency, well, the two consistencies with Satan, is they call it Satan. And the other one is, he'll get you to, you know, she'll get you to sign a contract. 
And she will absolutely twist it in her favor. And she'll put loopholes in it all over the place. If you don't spot the loophole, she will follow it through and she will do what she can. But if you catch her and if you get one up on her, she'll honor the contract. The idea is if you make a contract, you know, always think outside the box was the first issue. As in, when you take a look at the story of, of Satan coming down to talk to Eve, it wasn't a question of, first of all, being cast out by any means. It was a question of she was sent down to show Eve, okay, you're a little bit more creative. You're not quite so stuck in your ways. So here's what you've been told, but think of the other options. You were given free will. What you weren't given was total insight, so here's the insight. Here's what you've been told. Here's the question you're not asking, so go out and try it. And she literally said, don't take my word for it. Go and do it. You know, go and experience it yourself. Yes, I know that goes against everything you were taught. Okay, let's go to Pretty Super Crazy. Anyway. Let's go to Super Crazy. Are the Greys fully biological beings or something else? Well, the massive majority of them are biological. They are not photocopies. They are not clones. They are not a dying race. But they have made some android copies of themselves and some exoskeletons that are larger than them, much like the lifter units that are, are working on Japan's docks, where humans ride and work inside them. Okay. Let's uh, get another question from Super Crazy. Are any of the non-human intelligences time travelers or maybe future humans? Well, point blank, no. Reverse time travel, okay, coming back from the future would scramble the future completely. Okay, now there is one, one variation of that. Some of them may well have jumped forward from the past. Okay. I'm still tossing around this issue of what the real impact of a walk-in is. Okay. But, that being said, are any of them coming back en masse and going, oh, we're coming, we're, we're a, fur, a future version of the humans, and we're coming back to correct this? You can't do it. Okay, it would unravel reality. And much as I could explain it, I don't think we have three hours. On that one question, I mean. Very true. Yeah, we don't even have another hour with you yet. Uh, we are moving very quickly here. Let's go to Debbie. What if you laugh and never remember your dreams, but told, I laugh a lot at night? You're lucky. Um, basically it boils down to this whatever is happening one of the purposes of dreams is stress release and if you're laughing all night then quite even if you don't remember your dreams clearly you're releasing a lot of stress and this is a good thing is it a good thing in my opinion if you can bring your stress down in a in a societally acceptable fashion, it's definitely a good thing. Um, by the way, Dave, 
I put my I put my email address in there earlier, and they're just and somebody had mentioned I don't know who it was is looking for it again, primarily because of the fact that, like I said, there are some questions I cannot answer, or more to the point, will not hear. Yeah, of course. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Low Pro. Do you think aliens live inside the Earth or underground in caverns? Absolutely, yeah. Well, the answer is yes, but primarily the ones living inside the Earth are ancient races, as in they evolved here. Many of what you consider, many of what you consider mythological beings, such as the Itawari, well, you know them as leprechauns, minotaurs, elves, dwarves, many of these races are very much real. But they're living inside the inside what you call inner earth. I totally get it. Totally get it. Let's continue on here. Let us go to Justin. Keith, what do you say when people call you a misinformationist or a quack who is not in the right? A family member once said this to me, and I don't know what to say to them. Oh, you just look at them, smile, and say thank you. You know, the reality is I question my sanity on occasion because nothing I look at looks the same as what I'm seeing other people responding to. You know, so I've got I've got family members that have told me that all my life. One in particular told me, he said, look, I'm not saying you're crazy, but the way you speak makes it seem like you're crazy. The reality is if you're seeing something or if you believe something that is that you feel wholeheartedly and they don't believe it, this doesn't make them a bad person. They're just not seeing the world the same way you are. So do your best. And, you know, just, in my personal opinion, they tell you not just smile and say thank you for your input. If you want to get really sarcastic, you just take a look at them and you go, well, it takes one to know one. Now, unfortunately, I've got a, a mouth on me that can get me in trouble, but sarcasm is a great way to deal with stress on occasion. And it does confuse the heck out of the people that are causing a problem. Okay, let's continue on. Super Crazy wants to know, what non-human intelligences look exactly like humans, if any? Mobians. Those are the only ones that are a dead ringer. Mind you, in all fairness, Mobians were human and left Earth 40,000... Well, they actually left Earth 50,000 years ago. But there are a number that look similar, right? Like, for instance, you know, when you take a look at the, at the Nords, aside from their size, Nords and Amazons both look very similar. And no, those are not the actual names. i got to go back and translate those. Okay, let's you go. Know, the other ones, your Deberons, also look very human. All right, let's go to Lord William here. What age you saw your first aliens or UFOs, and do you believe the ETs are here to guide us and protect us or not? Number one, um, I, I'm just rough guess. But probably about two hours after birth, I ran into my first one. 
Okay, my first interaction, I was still in the first trimester in utero. I just didn't realize what was going on at that point. But my first cognitive run-in, I was about two hours into this world. Okay, that being said, ETs are here to understand us and to protect who you know as Mother Earth or possibly Gaia, who I personally know as Esau. Okay, but they're here to protect her, not you. And they're certainly not here to take over the government. Mankind is screwing that up quite royally. They don't need help. Well, they do need help, but not in screwing it up. Very true. We're pretty good at screwing it up on our own here. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's continue on. Super Crazy wants to know, how do we help our loved ones through the oncological shock after disclosure? Number one, the easiest way to help them is to be very very firm, but very, um, very gentle in pointing out if they had wanted to cause a problem, if they'd have wanted to actually hurt us, we'd have been dead way before we knew the war, the war had started. You know, these, you know, the fact of the matter is these guys trained to deal with humans. Very much like humans are taught how to deal with fragile animals. You know, yes, I have seen situations, but when you're looking at the shock of disclosure, as people, and this disclosure for some people will happen one at a time. I was talking to somebody the other day after their first, after their first, in their eyes, verified abduction. And I'll tell you, they were in absolute shambles. But you just have to, you have to focus them back on the reality of their own current life. Okay. You know, that's the easiest way. And whatever you do, do not tell them and don't even don't even uh, support the idea that they were stupid in not believing in the first place. I mean, we are talking about them, about their whole reality coming apart at the seams. Okay, let's continue. And let's go to... The unknown. Aliens. They have to open up their minds. Do they have to open up their minds like humans? Um, ultimately, yes. They've all now the thing is the ones that are here have already gone through this process in their own right many times thousands of years ago. They went through the same mistakes. You know, corporeal entities across the cosmos go through these same growing pains. And yes, to be frank, I have seen these different races in their infancies. I remember them going through their through their their trying times. All right, 90 seconds, Keith. Shell wants to ask or Shelly wants to ask, have you heard or seen of an entity that looks like Alf from the TV show? I had one sitting yeah, on my couch for 20 minutes at least. There, there is, the answer to that is yes. And they are as, shall we say, well, they're not quite as comical as what Elf, as what Elf was. But whoever designed, whoever wrote that sitcom was on the money with what Elf was. 
uh, game, but they are a highly aggressive race. And yes, they will. They are quite, quite happily um, connoisseurs of the feline race. You know, then that side of it, they turned it into a comedy. But you got to look at them very similar to the way you look at Ewoks. They look cute as heck. But if you look at the background of the Ewoks, the Ewoks were carnivores. Very true they were. Very true. And, you know, I had a friend of mine in my little town here who had one of those Ewok-like creatures in her house. She was trying to do laundry. Next thing she knows, one of these Ewoks comes walking out of her laundry room, sees her, screams, and runs back into the laundry room, disappearing in her closet. Spaced Out Radio with our Keith Andrews of the ET Connection goes for another 30 minutes. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and Tim Senor has the UFO report. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Now that way you're going to have to fill me in on at some point. That's the story right there. Don't get me wrong. The Ewok people, that's not what they're called, but they are real. Yeah. And they are vicious as heck. These funny, it's kind of like if you take a look at the Econ, the Econ and the Ecodle, mm-hmm. what, what uh, Trekkies know as Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Very real little critters. Not quite as passive as what you might think. Kira wants to know are the Ewok creatures friendly? I've seen them since childhood. On the whole, the answer is yes. They, they really are. Um, can they be vicious as heck? Absolutely, if you pick a fight with them. But on the whole, they're a very, I'm going to call it a primitive race based on the way that they, that they carry themselves. But on the whole, they're a very friendly, very gregarious race. And yes, most of the time, they spend, and they spend doing what they call singing. You'll hear it as trilling very much like like some of the birds around the world. Okay. Uh, Let's see how many questions we got. Uh, We got a ton of questions to try and get through. Uh, Let's go to Doug Shelby here. What is your opinion on the ET's relationship with God? They all have their own belief structures. Some of them believe in what we consider God. Others believe in, in it by a different name. But almost every every um, advanced race believes in something they call their God. And they all go the same. They all look at it the same way. He created us in their image. And they've all gone through, virtually all of them have gone through their caste wars and their religious wars and their whole issue of is God real? And puff, God disappeared in a puff of logic. Okay. They've all gone through the same growing pains that mankind is currently going through. Probably the difference is they did it thousands of years ago. So for them, it's like... A- the South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What does summer sound like in a new Chevy? Find the best way to the ballpark with the Chevy Equinox navigation system. Load up the kayaks with room to spare in the spacious Chevy Trailblazer with 60-40 split folding rear seats. Haul out the camper and spend a night roasting marshmallows with the Chevy Silverado. Or feel the roar of the crowd and bring the whole crew along in the Chevy Traverse with seating for up to eight. So what are you waiting for? Click now and find summer happiness in a new Chevy. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Traverse seating update standard and LS available on LT with second row bench seat, RS Premier, and High Country Seat 7. A 10-year, you know, a 10-year graduate out of out of university looking at a kindergartner going, you'll figure it out eventually. Mm-hmm. But pretty much they have the same the same setup that humans do. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's little Timmy Senor. There he is. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Darth Maylock, thank you for that uh, super chat. He's asking, can the aliens do us all a favor and take every politician off this planet and deposit them on a barren planet? Oh my! Well, technically the answer is yes, but that would mean they'd have to wipe the and take every human in existence off the planet. I realize what the question is. I'm just taking the way there and they'd look at it. Every single human in existence right this moment is a politician. And if we take all the humans and put them on a barren planet, could it technically be done? Yes. Problem is that the humans are the caretakers of Earth. And therefore, the consortium won't, won't, won't authorize it, as it were. Rock and roll, man. That is a funny question, though. It is. Kind of like the question, why do you call four four politicians at the bottom of the ocean? Hmm. Yeah, I guess you can come on. I mean, you got to remember, I grew up in a time when the jokes were, to say the least, a little off-colored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just looking at this, and I probably am insulting, but the reality is anybody that negotiates anything is a politician. Whether you're negotiating with your, with your other half, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, doesn't matter. The moment you go into negotiating or swinging a deal, you're a politician. Very true. Uh, the question is whether you're an honest one. Cat the kit wants to know if they enjoy our our virtual reality. Um, some of them do. It's kind of like video games. You know, 
many of them look at the at the goings on on Earth and the interactions between people, very much like a comedy show. Or some parents will will tune them in and go, "Okay, you watch this little cluster of humans. This is what you don't do if you're trying to get something accomplished." And on that note, Keith, get you to hold on right there. Big thank you tonight to Deb, Mark, Carl, Mennonite Abe, A.A. Ron, W. Decker, T-Bone, Thomas, Lord Times 2, JSCO, and Darth for those great super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. If you're new here, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell as we are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment, including this weekend with Jessica Jones and Marquise Williams. Here we go. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thanks for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to each and every one of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, we got our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection going on. It's your questions all night long. And Keith, thank you so much for being here. We're going to start off with our good friend Paramarv, who is asking. I will be right. You didn't tell me we were going on break. Give me uh, 10 seconds. I will be right back. All right. Well, he's got to refill his break. I wonder. I mean, maybe the music maybe gave it away. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the intro. Oh, that's all right. This is a first. He's walked out on the show. Yeah. I'm actually laughing here. Oh, my goodness. What does he think we do when we go to commercial break? I don't know. But that's okay. We know he's coming right back here uh, momentarily. And we'll get to a question for our Keith Andrews. Continue with your questions. you imagine having that much knowledge about all of this? You know, I have talked to some very, very intelligent people who've listened to Keith. And they believe he's bang on. He may sound weird. His answers may be all over the place. Like, how does this guy know that? He knows things that he probably shouldn't. That's all from his ET connections. He's amazing that way. Absolutely amazing. You know, so I think uh, it's a good fit. Here here he comes. Here he comes. Back into his studio here. Our Keith Andrews, how are you, my man? Not bad. Sorry about that. You didn't tell us we were off air for a little bit. Well, <laughs> you know, I, thought, taken off. I thought the music may have given it away. I, I mean, after eight, almost eight years of doing this, you know, I thought that might have been a sign that you might have got, but apparently not. <laughs> Rest assured, I told you a long time ago, I'm not the, the swiftest brick in the stack here. Oh, I know. Me either. All right, let's go to, let's go to Paramarv here. 
Have you had any interactions with Valiant Thor or anyone he knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a very long conversation with them. Odin, what, who you know is Odin, was not happy when they got when they got told to get off the planet. See, there's a neat little problem with the entire Norse god, Roman god, and Greek god pantheons, not to mention the Egyptian gods, that everything was going great, and then all of a sudden they vanished with virtually no trace. Well, what ended up happening was when they first got here, okay, when they first arrived, mankind looked at them and went, oh, you're gods, you know, you're so powerful, you're gods. And they looked at it and went, well, okay, if we're gods, um, what do we get for this? And, of course, mankind went, we're going to give you all this stuff. And they and the Nords went, bonus. Which, the same thing happened with the Ennead, the ones the Egyptians followed. But then the consortium pulled into the area and went, guys, you're not gods. Go home. And all of a sudden, almost overnight, the, the North Greek and Roman gods were gone. They pulled up stakes and left. There were a few stragglers, but on the whole, they were gone right off the bat. Hmm. But they are they are a very gregarious, very wonderful group of people. But I will tell you, some of them are they're the well the the nor the like Thor is one of the few people that can actually match drinks at least for a time. With the dwarfed race. You know, so yes, they are, as humans would call it, shall we say, somewhat party animals. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Ian in the UK. Good morning to you, Ian. Keith, why do ET usually appear at 222, 333, etc.? What is the connection with time? Oddly, it's not so much they usually appear at that, as humans have learned that that is is an important number, and therefore humans track to it. But there are way more abductions and way more interactions going on than, than humans are aware of. And therefore, you'll see just as many picked up at 211, 216, you know, 134, whatever. You know, it's just that those and those those repeating numbers are what humans have been taught by their own culture to focus on. Numerology doesn't play a, a part in that. Oh, numerology absolutely does, but that see, humans use Pythagorean numerology, which has some critical flaws to it. That one being one. And yeah, I know that goes against everything people have been told. I work with base 12 numerology, which does not have master numbers. It only has one number that vibrates at one. Okay, not three. All right, let's move on. Let's go to super crazy. Is there anything being hidden in Antarctica regarding aliens and UFOs? Uh, yeah, an entire civilization. <laughs> you know, and the access to multiple civilizations. But they're not just being uh, being concealed from you know, from your common, everyday, normal person, if you will. Okay, they're being concealed from the governments, 
the the so-called the active psychics on the planet, especially the psychic wannabes. Okay, they are being like it's it's pretty simple. What they've done, they've created a a, a short wormhole about a mile into the into the hole that mankind has found in Antarctica and in the North Pole. But they put a minor wormhole there that you get down there and all of a sudden you're popped out the other end. You never get to see what's inside. Unless the off unless the ancient races go, yeah, you can come down. Okay, let's move and on. Of course that very let's move on. Go Neil, ahead. Neil says if I accidentally went through a portal would I survive? A wormhole, yes. Depending on where it was going. There's lots of them on Earth. Okay. Um, there are pocket wormholes all over the place. And you'd absolutely survive them. On the whole. Okay, a black hole, you're hooked. Okay, let's continue on. Aaron wants to know, Lakota Chief Black Elk and Ezekiel scripture both describe a conglomerate of creatures. Is this E.T. or holy? Why the conglomerate? Conglomerate. Galactic and the Galactic Consortium. Or the United Federation of Planets, depending on what group you want and what name or what title you want to work with. A conglomerate is simply a group of people. As far as it being holy, that depends on whether or not you're talking to the religious people or the non-religious. According to the ETs, it's just a group of people. Okay. Moving on, because we got a ton more questions. Let's go to Keith, or voices. Keith, how bad do ghosts scare you? Not. I know that was a short answer, but they really don't. I've had ghosts. I've had demons around me all my life. And my dad told me one day, the biggest thing he was worried was that the metaphysical world does not bring any fear to me. You know, I don't know how I can make that any. You know, I, I could draw that out, but why? why? I really don't get Just afraid why? of them. Just why? <laughs> you know. Jules wants to know, does the divine feminine Mother Earth try to communicate and interact with creation under the guise of UFOs? Great question, Absolutely Jules. not. She's got a direct link. Okay, explain that direct link. Mother Earth, Divine Feminine, Gaia, Itza. This is a Kaboran, another race. Okay, yes, she is a planet, but she has direct communication with other planets and with what you know is God. Actually, in all fairness, she's probably got a closer connection to, to the real one. But she doesn't work in the guise of UFOs. UFOs are their own, their own entities. They interact with her in the same fashion by coming here and taking a look and interacting with her children. But no, the UFOs are not her method of communication. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Asimov. Do alien races have art and music? Absolutely. 
the Venusians and the Orions are prime examples where they've got beautiful art and music. You know, if you're looking at just the humanoid races. But, yeah, they absolutely have art and music. One of the races that don't have a lot of the Martokians, unless you consider combat an art, at which point you're dealing with some pretty, some prettier, interesting setups. Human Carl wants to know, how much longer do humans have before they are replaced as caretakers of Earth by the hybrids? They won't be. Okay. Um, the hybrids have nothing to do with humans being replaced. Humans have until humans wipe themselves out. But hybrids are not a threat to the humans. Hybrids are literally grown cultural interpreters. They're not conquistadors. So the hybrids themselves aren't the aren't the aren't part of the equation. Humans and their behavior towards each other is. But if mankind wipes itself out again, then some of the race will evolve to take its place. Okay, let's continue on. Shelly wants to know, is the alien KGB manual legit? Having not seen the KGB manual... Cannot tell you for certain, but I was shown a manual a while ago from another agency that was. As a matter of fact, that one, if I could find a copy of it, I would, but I have no idea where I got it in the first place. Um, but it corroborated a lot of the races I talk about. Just, I don't talk about them in the terms of species 1964, you know, dash QB. I talk about them in terms of, here's the racial name that I'm aware of, here's the qualities of them and their appearance, and it matches these ones. So my my assessment is the KGB manual is likely a legitimate manual. I just don't know for certain. Deb wants to know if the band ABBA are really Pleiadians and not from Sweden. Not a prayer. A true Pleiadian can't survive on Earth. And the, the, the band ABBA, very good band, I like them. But they all breathe air very nicely, which means they are not Pleiadian. Besides that, Pleiadians aren't on the whole musicians. They're healers. Okay, let's move on here. Let's go to Peter. Do aliens like classical music? Some do. <laughs> you know, that's like asking if humans like punk rock. Some, Some do. do. Neil wants to know what races come from other universes. The the simplest one I can say from other universes, I just about went the wrong direction. A lot of them. You take a look at the Strazazian. The Pleiadian are, I think they're another star system altogether. Okay, I know the Xerzex come from the last rendition of reality and moved here. Okay, the Vrozik and the Yumion both come from another universe altogether. And there are a lot more of them. Those are just the easiest ones right off the top of my head. All right, Keith. This is from Darth here. Are there currently any wars going on between races of aliens out there that you've heard stories of the battles? 
I've been stuck right smack in the middle of them, but the answer is yes. The Strazazians and the Tech Like are at war with each other. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The TechLink are in a civil war with itself. The Moldocks and the, and the Strazazians and the Tormenon are caught in a, in a war amongst themselves. This is why I say, yes, humans are at war, but war does not bring peace. And just because the aliens have better have better toys does not mean they have everything sorted out. Let's move on here, my man, and let's go to voices. Who is above God in the grand hierarchy? I love the question. I'm still working on that. But I have been told by he himself, and I use the term he because I don't feel like going he, she, it, that, and whatever else. But I have been told by he and by he himself that he is not the top of the totem pole. There is someone beyond him. He was simply a conduit to make this one work, this this reality work. Continuing on here. Let's go to D. How do we know where portal portals are located on Earth? Well, from my standpoint, accidentally running into them. Or sensing a massive energy surge around them. But I know of there's no technological way to actually track them down. Because you've got to remember, portals are... are they are a naturally evolving thing that happens on a subquantum level. And mankind does not track subquantum well yet. All right. Jenny wants to know, does astrology really tell the story of what happens on Earth? Does it really affect Earth? Affect Earth? No, but it does explain it. Problem is, there are some massive flaws with astrology that mean the information you're getting is likely skewed. And yes, have I looked into it? Have I taken a look at it? I was taught as a Western astrologer, so I can't tell you anything about Chinese. Okay. Um, But have I done some research in the way of Western astrology to discover a few things? Absolutely, but it doesn't affect it. It simply records it. And your natal chart is what actually tells you what tools you were born with. It doesn't tell you what you're destined to do with your life. Only where you've got the strengths and weaknesses to do it. 
then you get to figure out how to work with it. All right. Let's move on. Joe wants to know, when people get abducted by aliens, does the U.S. government know about it? Do they have a list? You know, very seldom does the U.S. government or any other government. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit FloodSmart.gov. Know when, when an abduction takes place. That's something the off-worlders, they, they go, we're taking that one and away they go. And it has been known to happen where a criminal has been pulled out of where the where a government has been chasing a criminal and the criminal has gone missing and they're like, where did he disappear to? It does happen once in a while that they were tracking the person to start, that an off-worlder was tracking the person to start with. The guy got enough of a break from the from the local constabulary and the off-worlder grabbed him. Net result, the local constabulary couldn't find him. All right, let's... And yes, more often than not, they get to return. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let's go to SG Navspotter. What do I do with my test results from the VA after passing with flying colors of tell after telling the truth I was inside a UFO and contacted with aliens multiple times? Well, to start with, I would take that pan, that paperwork, and that proof to heart, and tell and remind yourself you've done all the testing you can. What you're going through is real. Nobody else has to believe you. You have to believe you, and it really boils down to take those test results, go over them, and go. Okay, I said this, and they're telling me I'm that I'm being honest. I knew it was, but now I've got the corroborating evidence. That should help you put your mind at ease as to whether you're completely off your nut. Take that to heart and live your life the best way you can. All right, let's continue on here. And we go to Alien Universe. What is the key to achieving long-lasting peace, harmony, and cooperation among diverse civilizations and species in the universe? Be true to yourself first. Do unto others as you desire them to do unto you. Energy out, energy in. That three-pronged approach will bring peace across the, across the known the known worlds. Problem. Everybody or the massive majority of people have to do that. And the massive majority of people on all races 
are still being taught to live in fear. Which is, quite frankly, one of the primary reasons I came back to this world, was to remind people that working together, we can make this a better world for virtually everybody. But ultimately, that's your key. War does not bring peace. It never has. It brings quiet, but it is not good for the economy. It's not, it never does bring peace. Okay. So there isn't much functional point to it. It's not even a good population control in case you hadn't noticed. Final question from our audience tonight goes to Skip to Malu. Can we sense if we have an ET in our chat room? Well, the answer is yes. But the follow-up question that you're going to ask is who? I'm not telling you. Okay, and the reason I won't is because people have enough trouble without that kind of a, of a secret being dropped in the middle of everybody's lap. Now, that being said, if you're suspecting you maybe, absolutely drop me a line. And because it's easy to do, there's an email address you can actually connect with me directly if you want to ask about you. About anybody else, I'm not telling you anyway. All right, let's sneak in one more from Lord here. I've met the ETs at the age of 11 in South America. My older sister met them four years ago in Ohio. What do they want from us? They are trying to understand the xenosocioeconomic evolution of the human race at this extremely exciting time where mankind is on the verge of either blowing itself back to the Stone Age or getting itself together and unifying to join the consortium in the next in the next rotation, as it were. That's what they're looking for. That's what they're studying. But they're not here to harm humans on the whole. All right, Keith, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Easiest way, I just put my, my email address into the into the chat room. But if you look up R. Keith Andrews on YouTube, that's the easiest way to, to find me. There's a whole list of ways of contacting me. And, of course, innervoiceenterprises at yahoo.ca. Or you can find me on Facebook and just about anywhere else. Worst case scenario, contact Dave. I'm pretty certain he'll give my email address. Yeah, that always works. I'm not too worried about doing that. I've done that before. And our Keith Andrews, we say goodnight to you and thank you for another great show on the ET Connection. Coming up to kick off Hour 3 after the break, Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. Then, little Timmy Senor joins us with the UFO Report. Hey, we got a jam-packed Hour 3 next on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. It's been fun again, Dave. Keith, your numbers keep going up and up and up and up. We t- we hit 260 tonight with you. Holy sheepshank. Yeah. Lots Cannot of complain about that. <clears throat> I'll let you chat with the audience. I'm going to quickly run and take a break here. Okie dokie. <clears throat> so, guys, apparently I'm here for a bit. 
Um, couple of couple of very important factors. Um, just like I said, my email address, and I popped it in there a couple of times for you guys, and that is right there. And this is the other one. Um, yeah, I don't have it there. Anyway, if you look me up on YouTube at R. Keith Andrews, you can find me there as well, or on Facebook. And absolutely, I do. Like I do have my own, my own, um, my own video, video live feed that I do just about every day, except Thursdays, from from four uh, thirty p.m. to six thirty p.m. Pacific. You know, so I mean, from that standpoint, you name the question, I probably deal with it. And yes, I do have a have a totally free newsletter I'm now putting out, but I'm only sending it out by request, either by email or either by email or by by hard copy, anywhere in the world. And quite frankly, I'll send it off world if I can get an address from somebody. But thus far, they simply come in and get what they want. You know. One thing you really gotta that you gotta keep in mind, though, guys, there are different people all over the place. You know, I do appreciate that, Doug. You know, it's it's amazing from my standpoint. This was not the path I was planning on going down, but I will tell you, the one thing I tell everybody I talk to, really, four words to put on your to really keep an eye on. I am worth it. Put those four words on your fridge tonight. It will help immensely in your own outlook on yourself. Because I'll tell you, there's virtually nothing that there's virtually nothing that you can you know that you cannot do on this planet. There's a lot I would not recommend. Yeah, I I remember like I remember years ago, Julie. You know, when we were just barely getting started. Uh, Susan, I will absolutely do that. Um, I don't know if I've got your email. If you drop me a quick email, I will absolutely get you onto the list. And here's the email just in case. Okay. Drop me an email and let me know and I will absolutely absolutely put you on the list. Whether it's in the email form or physical, doesn't matter from my end. You know, you know, I, I like I'm just looking at this, and yeah, absolutely, I definitely agree with you there, Black Dragon. Like Black Dragon's just saying, believe in yourself, trust yourself, but most of all, love yourself. You know, the reality of it is. We absolutely have the ability to turn this world around. The disclosure people are looking for, it's already happened. Last I checked, about 62% of people now believe that off-worlders are real. That we are no longer alone. You know, the, the neat thing there, Skip to Malou, I'm just looking at what you've got here. And yeah, absolutely. 
when people are having troubles, there are cures for depression and what have you. Okay, I work with that sort of thing as well. I've been working in this field, not just the UFO field. The UFO field has been for life. But I've been working in the consulting field now for, you know, private and business since 1976. But I'll tell you, the questions here are just absolutely fantastic. But the reality is, I could not do this job. Like, I couldn't do this show if it weren't for the questions that come in on such a on such an incredible level. Keith, do you Dave, you're back. Do you want to stick around with Tim and I? That I can do. All right. We'll get a little Timmy Senor here uh, when we come back from hour three. Let's... Or Timmy, yeah, we got to bring play Tim's intro before we're allowed to bring him in. It's part of his contract. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on, buddy. Good to have you here. It's nice to find to actually finally be able to sit at a table this or in a chair this long. Yeah. Last I, week, I literally couldn't get out of bed half the time. I'll tell you, I know you've done it, so don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, know? right? Oh, my goodness. A few weeks ago, I could barely move. I tell you, a chiropractor, my chiropractor, my massage therapist, therapist, pardon me, helped me right out. Hey, a big thank you tonight to Deb, Mark, Carl, human, uh, make that human Carl, Mennonite Abe, Aaron, W. Decker, T-Bone, Thomas, Lord times three, JSCO, Darth times two, Human Carl actually times two, and Deb times two as well. Thank you for the love and support. Here comes our number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, uh, the host of this crazy show we call Spaced Out Radio. And I want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Nemophilist. Nemophilist is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Now, it is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. (laughs) 
1950s New York City was no stranger to beautifully dressed people, but a warm June day in 1950 found a 33-year-old man dressed to the nines wandering about in the streets, appearing hopelessly lost. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The bewildered man suddenly stepped out in front of a taxi and was struck, killing him almost instantly. The body was taken to the medical examiner's office, where the details became strange fairly quickly. At first glance, the man was nicely dressed, but in clothing that was at least a century old. His garb consisted of shoes that were fastened with buckles that were from a previous time period as well. He also carried banknotes that were from the 1870s, a letter from Philadelphia dated June 1867, a five-cent copper token that had a saloon name on it no one had ever heard of, a bill from an unknown livery stable for the care of a horse, and a business card for Rudolph Fence with an address that no one had ever heard of. Captain Hubert V. Rehm of the New York Police Department Missing Persons Division took over the case in hopes of notifying the next of kin or at least finding someone that could help identify the deceased stranger. The only leads the captain had were the few items found on the deceased man. Rehm first tried the business card, but upon contacting an employee, learned that no one had ever heard of the man, and in fact, the name on the business card was no one that was registered as working there or having ever worked there. Digging deeper into the investigation of this mystery, the detective tried a phone book. He was met with the same results. The name simply didn't exist, and no next of kin could be located. Just when it seemed all hope was lost, Bream came across the name Rudolph Fins Jr. in a phone directory dated 1939. He dialed a number, and an elderly lady answered and claimed to be the widow of the late Fins Jr. And then she related a tale almost too bizarre to believe. The lady explained that in 1876, Rudolph Fins Sr. had gone out for a daily walk, as was his routine for the 31-year-old, but on this day, he never returned home. The man she was married to, his son, Rudolph Fins Jr., was the only child of the missing man. An investigation ensued, but no clues as to the disappearance of Finn's Sr. was ever found. Hanging up the phone and somewhat in disbelief, Captain Ream sat in his chair, reviewing in his head all these strange circumstances that swirled around the unidentified man in the medical examiner's office and the story which he had just been told. Believing that no sane person would ever take these newly discovered facts as evidence to an identification of the man, Ream decided to fact-check the lady's story. He went to the library and looked through news articles he could find about the missing man in 1876 and indeed came across a write-up about a massive investigation into the disappearance of Rudolph Benz Sr. Just as the lady described, he had gone for a walk and was simply never heard from again. Investigators had searched high and low for the man, but in vain. It was as if he had vanished from the face of the earth. This article even gave an account of the clothing and included a picture of the missing man in 1876 that was a complete match for the stranger from 1950. This was impossible to Rehm, so much so that he decided not to mention his findings to others at the station in fear he wouldn't be believed. It is said that Captain Rehm dropped the findings from the official investigation. 
So how did this stranger materialize in 1950s New York and be a complete match for a man that went missing almost a century prior? Was it some kind of time vortex he stumbled into while on his daily walk? Or was it simply two different men that closely resembled one another? Maybe even a doppelganger. This is one mystery that time is unwilling to share its secrets about. And thank you to Steve Stockton for coming on in with another spooky story on Spaced Out Radio. Yeah, we do it all the time to kick off hour number three as Steve has his own great channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash among the missing to check it on out and hear more creepy, scary stories just like that. From the creepy stories to the UFO world, it is time for little Timmy Senor and the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Little Timmy Cedar, it's always good to see you, and thank you for popping on in as the weird reality of UFOs takes another weird turn, my man. And we got our Keith Andrews here hanging on out with us. His his pork chop sideburns were just too much to handle tonight, and I needed more. I needed more, Tim. You want to maybe unmute your microphone? You must be drinking tea there, my friend. I see you. Uh, no, this no? would be ginger ale. Ginger ale, all right. Well, I'll cheers you with some tea. Dave, what are you sipping on over there, buddy? I got water. I water got, will work. I, I got boring water, but that's water okay. Will work. That's okay. Cheers. Cheers to everyone. And yeah, we've got some things to talk about. It's great that we're being joined tonight by Keith. It's so much fun. We haven't talked in quite a while, so this will be a great catch-up. It's great to see your smiling face, my friend. Nice seeing you too there, Tim. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about uh, the monumental UFO scandal, really, that we're facing right now? Uh, With the looming between either decades-long cover-up or a brazen disinformation campaign? And really, it's one of the two, isn't it? Based on the recent whistleblowers, it's actually a combination of both. I love it, please. And you know what? I would love to get your take on the recent whistleblower, David Grush, and the other other whistleblowers and witnesses that came forward in the recent hearings. Keith, did you feel like this was a big deal, or did you feel like this Um, was common knowledge? Well, as far as Grush goes, from what I was just informed about what he said, essentially he's on the right track. I can't speak to to the exact specifics. As far as the actual hearings went, I deliberately avoided them. Because from my standpoint, the disclosures already happened. People, you know, we're already over 60% of people accept the fact that off-worlders are here. You know, and therefore, as far as the whistleblowers go, depends on who they are. You know, as far as I know... As- the South, a place where you feel right at home. Where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. 
That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov. As far as what we were talking about, because we just broke the subject to Grush today. And from what I was told of what he was saying, he's absolutely on the money. You know, am I going to comment on which um, which underground base holds what? No. It's a big tease that our Keith Andrews gives to him. Yeah, he knows yeah. where it is. He's not spilling the beans. But you know what? Uh, this whole controversy that's going on, there needs to be some clarity. Okay? Everybody's taking advantage of this, whether it's UFO radio, whether it's it's reporters, whether it's fake reporters, whether it's conferences, everybody wants a piece of the UFO pie right now. David Grush is the biggest piece of that UFO pie. And look, we have to realize, and sometimes we put these people on a pedestal, okay? Lou Elizondo, I remember asking him one day, a few years ago on a phone call, I said, Lou, do you like being? So we're off, you know, we're off the record. But I want to ask you this question: Do you like being a demigod for a lot of these people in ufology? And he, you know, as much as he appreciated the support, okay, because he is a nice guy. He hated the fact that he was put on this pedestal and treated like he was some sort of religious icon. He hated it. He said, that's not the mission. He's very militarized, okay, because of his background. He's like, that's not the mission. That's not what this is about. It's not about the popularity. It's not about the free beers at the bar or, or whatever. It's, it's about getting the mission complete, which is disclosure overall and hopefully in the future. And I can see the same thing happening with David Grush. This is a guy whose family is getting threatened. He's admitted that. This is a guy who thankfully has probably been forewarned to stay out of the UFO community. This is a guy who we don't even know if he has social media because of the harassment that he is taking online from many. Okay, Yes, he has way more supporters than he has uh, detractors. But I wouldn't want to be in David Grush's shoes right now. I really wouldn't. I can relate to that all the well. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, Tim, would you want to be in David Grush's shoes right now? Um, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes, but if I had the information, I would gladly do it. See, I'm on a, on a slightly different issue there with you, Tim. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I have kept quiet for so long, and I've told people this, last thing I want to ever be done is put on a pedestal. And I was talking to one guy, and he made it real clear. He goes, you can't stop people from putting you on a pedestal. And Dave's in very much the same boat in a lot of ways. You've been put on a pedestal, right? But you can't stop people from putting you on a pedestal. The key is not to see yourself as being on said pedestal. That's the way to avoid a lot of problems. I completely agree. And perhaps we can consider The Hill has a recent article 
that considers two sides of the coin when it comes to this topic. And so I love, uh, Keith, you know, that you're seeing confirmation in a lot of what's being brought forward. And Dave, I know that you're kind of skeptical, yet open to everything that's coming and enthusiastic also. The Hill kind of takes this view and, and offers up that there are two potential outlooks on this. And so they consider the decades-long saga of UFOs is barreling headlong towards one of two stunning conclusions. Either the U.S. government has mounted an extraordinary, decades-long cover-up of the UFO retrieval and reverse engineering activities, or the elements of the defense and intelligence establishment are engaging in a staggeringly brazen psychological disinformation campaign, right? And I would love us to consider, before I even dig deeply into this, because it's pretty profound implications, how potentially could either of these take place? If there was a cover-up, Dave or Keith, how could that potentially take place for so long? Would it be compartmentalization of information forced NDAs and forced silence? Or how does something like this take place potentially for decades if this is one of the potentials? One, one way is we're not talking about one government. We are talking about almost every government and religious and, and mainstream religion doing exactly the same thing. But you got to remember, they all have one thing in common. They're all human. Okay. And the reality is the human race has been has been has been educated over the last several centuries, well frankly over the last several millennia, that you fear that which you do not understand. You know, that which you do not understand, fear. That which you fear strive to control, that which you cannot control strive to destroy, and that which you cannot destroy, fear. Now you also have to remember the religious society has essentially browbeaten people into believing that off-worlders do not exist. Therefore, our entire civilization is, is built from, from millennia back on the concept that mankind was on its own and everything else was, was, it was all fear-based. And if you believe in that, we're going to burn you at the stake or we're going to shoot you or, or ostracize you or whatever. So people have learned to button their lip. Even in today's world, when you look at the UFO community, and I can't tell you the number of people I've spoken to that claim to be in the UFO community. And the moment you mention, oh, I think I may have been abducted or I may have seen a UFO. Oh, no. Yeah, it happens. But you've never seen it. You're just looking for attention. You know, so, I mean, it is a massive combination of things. Part of the cover-up is absolutely necessary. You think about it. Just think you're Caucasian, okay? Like, you're Caucasian, Tim. And how do you feel? I'm guessing you're not seven feet tall. So, (laughs) so when you think about that, if if a Caucasian... You know, if a Caucasian that is seven and a half feet tall walks by you, do you not feel a little intimidated? Sure. 
Picture what happens if you get a get a fifteen foot bipedal human giant, also known as an Anunnaki. Picture what happens if one of those walks by you. Humans will fear it on the whole. Yeah. So you know, in my opinion, it's a combination of cover cover up and disinformation and threat and threats and yes. Selective assassinations or murders. Yeah, I know that's a terrible thing to say. But you'll notice I'm not using names. Right. And so (laughs) my assumption by your response is that uh, we can't handle the truth. And so the cover-up was imperative. And so no matter what it took, they made sure that these secrets were kept. Is that what you're saying? Ultimately, yes. This does not, in my eyes, doesn't justify it, but it does explain it. Dave, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this. Tim, a number of months ago, we were talking about this exact topic. And what what were we saying? We said, number one, the U.S. government's either going to come out and say extraterrestrials are real, or... Dr. Stephen Greer was right that there was going to be a false flag on this. And everything is pointing to that exact thing we've been saying for a year. Once again, we were the only ones talking about it. And now look where we are. You think people would pay attention in the UFO community to what we're saying because we're reading this story pretty, pretty accurately, Tim. I mean, do you agree? We had that conversation numerous times. We have. We have on this show. Absolutely. And we've presented it this way. I'm curious, Dave. Let's flip the coin for a moment. And I'll start with you because I'm really curious. What would a disinformation campaign look like? What would it take for everything that's being released right now to be disinformation or misinformation? How deep would it have to be? And where would it have to be seeded? And is that potentially what we're looking at? Okay, this, okay, a disinformation campaign, in my opinion, started on December 17th, 2016 or 2017 with the New York Times article. It actually started about six weeks prior to that with the formation of the To the Stars Academy where Tom DeLonge came out bragging that he put together this power team. But when we looked at the list, 90% of them were all employees of Robert Bigelow from Bigelow Aerospace with the addition of Steve Justice from Lockheed and Louis Elizondo. Okay, that's where it started. You will notice that at first, when they came out with this idiotic UAP instead of UFO, the first thing I noticed with that was I went on their website. That entire pressless press conference, and we were the first to say, where was the press at, a pre- at the press conference? There was no press there. Red flag number one. Red flag number two. 
they were talking about UFOs and the sightings. Remember, they showed the videos and highlights. They were Lou comes on stage talking about UFOs. Other people came on stage. Hal Putoff and Jim Semivan spoke. Steve Justice spoke about UFOs. But when you went to the To The Stars Academy website, there was not one UFO or one UAP on that entire website. That was red flag number two. Control the media, control the narrative. And that's exactly what the To The Stars Academy accomplished. Then they had a number of people come online, okay, who were viciously defending anybody who questioned the narrative, okay, with sock puppet accounts, with uh, uh, personal accounts. And I know I was one of the ones attacked for that. What all I was saying is, can you please answer me this question? Then dodging certain media outlets. So we're going to have to continue this over because we only got about 45 seconds because I want to break this down. It's important. Okay. So what happened then, Tim, is instead the media never wanted this subject. It's not that the media is bought. It's not that they are have CIA agents in every newsroom. That's not true. The ego of news directors out there and the woke mob out there in the media, okay, they wanted wanted nothing to do with this story. So when it dropped, they were caught with their pants down. What did the two of the Stars Academy do? They said, hold on a second, guys. We're going to give you the guy who ran the program. We're going to give you the fighter pilot. We're going to give you the government insider. It's all you need for the interviews. It's all you need. We've already provided it for you along with the answers. And the media, not wanting this topic, said, cha-ching, we just hit the slot machine jackpot. And I'll continue that when we return on Spaced Out Radio with the UFO Report. Tim Senor is with us, our resident Timbit. And our Keith Andrews still hanging out with us with his beautiful sideburns. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. This is a good one. That's a good question, Tim. It's a beautiful yeah, show really tonight. Was. Yeah. Good stuff. I am curious guys. how many people you actually have in the room right now, though, Dave. Uh, 2.33. 2.33. Staying up late. Hanging out. Yep. So, have you guys ever seen a Michael Douglas film called Falling Down? No. No. It's basically, he's, it starts out with him in traffic. And it's horrible traffic in LA, I believe. And just one thing goes wrong after another. His car breaks down, then he's on foot. His sh- he loses his briefcase to some oh, kids. I, I know the highlights. And, That's where he goes to the restaurant up, with the machine guns that said, you got my order wrong? I think it ends poorly, yeah. Well, that kind of describes my day without the guns and the anger. But I, I kind of had one of those days today where just like everything seemed to be going wrong around me. But, I mean, I managed to get through it, but it's one of those super frustrating days. 
where literally all the traffic lines up in front of you <laughs> when you're on the road. You know what I mean? They all come out of their lanes and just get in front of you. You've had these days. You know what you have. You go through the drive-thru for your family or something, and they get your order completely wrong. Yep. And your family's so bummed out that you have to go back. And you might even know this story, Dave, because I kind of let you know. You got the highlight, but there was a low light to that story, oh, too. No. Um, you know, and so I had gone out to visit my good friend Terry Hall today, and I experienced just madness on the roads. Oregonians could be more thoughtful at the wheel. Let's just say that. Oh, try, oh yeah, but that would mean they were trained properly. Try driving in downtown <laughs> Vancouver. No, don't. <laughs> Dave, you won't have so much trouble in downtown Vancouver if you'd learn. You stay on the sidewalks, you won't have a problem with the cars. Yeah. That's most beautiful. Yeah, Van- Vancouver is famous where I'm in the slow, slow lane, but I'm turning left. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to do it with no signal lights. Yeah, with no signal lights. Just move over. I own the road. The one thing you got to give that you got to give Alberta, as in Calgary, over Vancouver, is in Calgary, if they go, if they're changing lanes, they're from here to over here right now. Alberta, everything is like 30 above the speed limit. They have a speed limit? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. In BC, it's like, oh, we're changing lanes. No, maybe not. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's Terry Hall in the chat room and his beautiful he mustache. Vouch. He can definitely uh, vouch uh, for my visit this afternoon. Be honest. How How is Terry's mustache today? Oh, you could swing from those handlebars. Oh. Just swing. Oh. Rev it up and swing. They're beautiful. I bet you he's got at least eight gears. At least eight gears. And you don't want to shift into eighth gear. Trust me. Hi, Bombshell Bomber. Much love to you, dear. Sorry, Terry. I mean, sorry, (laughs) sorry, Keith. Actually, I'm just going to let you know that Bomber was was giving you a left-handed flight. Yeah. Hi, Corey Cole. How you doing? Bombshell half the time doesn't remember me typing in when I say hi, Bombshell Bomber. She never reads it. Then she bitches that I never say hello to her. Awkward. Uh, Dame likes to eat Zoom Zooms and Wham Whams while driving. What the hell are Zoom Zoom and Wham Whams? I was going to ask you the same thing, to be Hold honest. Hold on. Zoom Zooms. There's only toys. What the hell are Zoom Zooms? They're toys. What the hell are Wham Whams? I don't know. I know there were a couple of guys that were called Wham, but I doubt very much that's what he's referring to. Wham Whams are a prison slang term used by older jail inmates or prison convicts for a jail or prison inmate store or commissary bought items such as small cakes or pies. That's what Zoom Zooms and Wham Whams are. Now, there's a cockroach from hell. Jeez. How do you explain that, Yuri Geller? <coughs> you, this was I saw posted, that earlier. Yeah, Yuri Geller posted this on Twitter, saying that his American lawyer, I think, or accountant, had sent this to him. He's not saying it's real, but 
If it is, yikes. All right, here we go, guys. Five seconds. My name is Dave Scott. Good to have you with us as we continue the UFO report. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, Tim Senor is back with the UFO report. Our Keith Andrews is hanging out with us. He's going the distance. Been a great show so far. And we are mm-hmm. we are talking about Tim. You were mentioning about this disinformation campaign, where did it start? How did it start? And I was yeah, kind of bre- mon- breaking it all down for you. Yeah, a monumental UFO scandal is afoot with either a decades-long cover-up or a brazen disinformation campaign. And importantly, a third explanation for recent events that dozens of high-level, highly cleared officials have come to believe in during UFO myths rumors, and speculation as fact appears increasingly unlikely. So in June, the U.S. Air Force veteran and former intelligence official David Grush alleged the elements of the U.S. government were secretly and illegally overseeing a decades-long UFO retrieval and reverse engineering effort. Two two defense officials corroborated that broad contours of Grush's stunning claims and has stated that he provided a wealthy, a wealth of highly classified evidence to the powerful internal investigative agencies overseeing the DOD. And so I'd love to get your take on these two potential options. And Dave, you were kind of covering some of the fact that it would take quite a lot for this to be a disinformation campaign of recent years. years. It's more something that's been going on for a long time and potentially surfacing but, in really strange ways now. So before I speak for you, please, well, I'd love to hear your take. We have to remember, though, Tim, prior to the Internet, okay, people still believed the government. All right. People still believed that the the government wouldn't hide things from them, wouldn't cause conspiracy theories. Around JFK, that started to change. Down south, up here it did not. And to this day, some people still have a blind eye. Okay, that the government's going to do what it's supposed to do for me, because this is Canada. We're learning that it's not that way right now, okay? But when it comes to UFOs, 
it wasn't until the To the Stars Academy came out and started changing the entire narrative. Okay? Like I was breaking down in the prior half hour. Then we look at it. We weren't allowed to call them UFOs anymore. We had to call them UAPs because that was the government official term. Okay? We weren't allowed to go past anything prior to 2004 with the USS Nimitz incident. We weren't allowed to talk aliens, even though Commander David Fravor was talking about how there is no way these Tic Tacs are from here. We heard Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China. But they're not of this earth. They're acting like they're not of this earth. So when asked or pushed about aliens behind the scenes, I was told we're not allowed to talk about that yet. The public isn't ready. And guess what? The litmus test was COVID. The litmus test was how to tre- how are people treating each other. And in COVID, we had the worst of the worst of the way people were treating each other. Right. People were ratting each other out. People were hoarding milk, ripping food out of uh, single mom's grocery carts, by going to the store, buying $2,000 worth of meat, 10 jugs of milk that'll go bad before you even use them, 3,000 rolls of toilet paper because somehow COVID created a shortage of trees. <clears throat> right. But this is yeah. what happened. This is what happened. And it comes down to... When you control the media, you control the narrative. Remember, this show here put out 15 requests for interviews to the To The Stars Academy. Only once did they come back and say, who would you like? Could you provide the questions for us prior to the interview? No, that's not journalism. You'll answer what I ask. I won't throw you under the bus, but I got some hard questions to ask you. Okay? That's where it started. And what we see today is the narrative has been jumbled so much because of congressional hearings. And so many new faces have popped up from Ryan Graves to Chris Lado to to Stephen Greenstreet to many others. Mick West was, nobody knew Mick West was, or Keith Kluwer, or, you know, David Grush. Nobody knew. And when you started adding all of these different players, this is where people started choosing sides. It all started, all of this animosity that we see today in the UFO world started because people didn't want to have questions answered or questions asked. They dodged them. The government, by the way, doesn't know what's going on because they haven't been questioned hard. A perfect example of that is how, for the last nine months, we on this show are one of the only shows doing it who has been calling out NASA for their lies and cover-up. Who else is doing that? How can the top... Uh, space program in the world 
not know about UFOs. Or their executive director, Bill Nelson, can talk about Navy UFOs without opening up his own closet and then convince the government to give him a hundred grand to spend on a useless study where nothing was answered. It's all about controlling the narrative. We've seen this through the military-industrial complex, and I know I'm eating up a lot of time on this, Tim, but people have to look at the timeline, how they have shut everything off to the public. NASA did. The FBI has. CIA has. NSA has. The Air Force did. The Army never commented. The Marines never commented. Coast Guard never commented. Space Force never commented. And more importantly, the United States Navy, because it was their videos, why didn't they ever contact the publicly about the To The Stars Academy putting their logo on U.S. Navy videos? Why wasn't there any fallback from that? Number one. Right. And number two... Right before the hearings last year, last year, we were told by the U.S. Navy, we're not playing this game anymore. We're done giving you information. That's part of the military-industrial complex telling elected officials and the American people, screw you, we're bigger than you, and we know it. Right, right. You're absolutely right. And just briefly, I'd love to bring up that in fact, Canada has a strange connection to the recent U.S. hearings, right? Because we know that Paul Hellyer, the former uh, Canadian Minister of National Defense, has said that there have been numerous occasions when U.S. government officials have been face-to-face with alien life forms and came out very publicly with his support on pushing for UAP's uh, uh, um, transparency. And so I would love to get your take on Canada's position more recently because now we are looking for some support from other countries. So how do you feel, um, you know, Paul Hellyer in particular would be, um, you know, historically in support of this? Paul Hellyer, in my estimation, and, and there will be a lot of people who don't disagree with me or who disagree with me on this, Paul Hellyer was not a hero of Canada. Okay, this is a man who killed our aviation industry. He absolutely murdered our our military, and he saved face by coming out because of UFOs, saying that they they have a he knew of five different species that were on this planet. But the funny part about Paul Hellyer was that he never, ever said he knew anything about UFOs until he was 80-something years old. Yet, in 1967, under his watch, he opened up a UFO landing pad in St. Paul, Alberta, to celebrate Canada's 100th birthday. And the sake was, anybody can come to Canada. We take everybody. I love that. Okay. I love that. And what do you feel about the recent Liberation I'm Times not, article? I'm, I'm just not done yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Go okay. ahead. Then in 1967, yeah. the Falcon Lake incident happens prior to Canada yeah. Day. There's information galore. He knew nothing about it. Three weeks after an election where 
the conservative or the liberal government that Hellyer was part of uh, got booted. Shag Harbor happened. Of course he would be in the know in the transition of that happening. And yet he says he knew nothing about UFOs. Nothing. He knew more. Okay? He knew more. But Paul Paul Hellier is not a hero in Canada. Even when he died, very few media outlets even mentioned it. Even though he was on our Privy Council until he was 95 years old. Okay? So, did he know? Was he in the know? He knew of things happening. He knew of Canada's woo desk. But was he truly in the know? I don't think so. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, so how do you feel about the UK's Ministry of Defense coming forward and denying knowledge of UFO retrieval programs, not only in their country, but in others? And so the UK's Ministry of Defense has told Liberation Times that they have no knowledge of crash retrieval programs relating to material of unexplained origin. And the denial comes after allegations of potential Five Eyes Alliance involvement in crash retrieval and reverse engineering programs relating to materials and craft of non-human intelligence. How do you feel about that? That's kind of a bold, another bold denial, if you will, coming from another country. Of course they're going to say that. The Brits haven't wanted to talk about this. Two years ago, in their House of Lords, one of their representatives stood up and said, talked about all of the UFO action that's coming to conversation in the U.S. And the minute that they started asking questions, is this happening in the United Kingdom? They were shot down immediately by the Minister of Defense. They didn't want to talk about it. Why do you think Nick Pope brings nothing to the table? Except bad hair. Okay? Well, he's got Velcro hair. Everybody knows it. Why can't we just admit it? It's horrible hair. Okay. At least he's got hair. All right. But the truth oh, is... Oh, you got marker there, Tim. Yeah. But, I mean, the truth of the matter is this. Okay? There is a cover-up going on. This is, a, this is why I say to people, we are watching the first public battle of the military-industrial complex versus public elected officials who actually give a care about this subject and are using it to figure out how many roadblocks there are. Wait until the military and the military contractors start saying to people like Tim Burchett, saying, oh, you know you know that contract that ABC company has in your in your riding in your district and and they're making the tracks for tanks or the the guns for F15s yeah guess what we're going to close up that shop and we're going to move that over to Arkansas or we're going to move that to Missouri yeah cuz you're not playing the game tim you're not playing the game well, do you think that potentially we're seeing the signs that the United States is about to open up some of its historical books and maybe some of the other members of the Five Eyes know it when we hear something like this, 
when speaking last night on UK's BBC Radio 4 and when asked whether this alleged cover-up extends to other nations, Grush responded, it does not cross into other countries and other allies to include the Five Eyes Alliance, which is something I've already stated publicly. And then he added, it is certainly not an American issue. Do you feel like that somehow, you know, as we see the UK closing their doors, potentially they're seeing the fact that the US is about to open theirs on this topic? The US isn't opening their doors. Let's let's get that clear right now. The doors are not opening. The most we're going to get is confirmation. We're not getting disclosure. Okay? We may hover around it. Disclosure means more than just finding out what a tic-tac is or finding out the Americans have a, a UFO or two or nine, including a sports model. Okay? It's way more than that, Tim. Disclosure is everything that leads to this subject. Where's the video from from uh, the Air Force Base where the UFO comes down? Where's the video? What happened in Phoenix in 1997? What are the what about Kecksburg? What are the Marfa lights? What about all the cr- different crashes? What about the Americans coming onto Canadian soil? and stealing a UFO that crashed. Is that allowed? Yeah, you make a great point. And we know that Rendlesham Forest incident potentially had film taking place, according to witnesses. And then we have this recent statement coming from an MOD spokesperson saying, quote, MOD is not aware of any salvage operations with materials of, of unexplained origin. And I just can't believe that. It feels like those doors are never going to open, especially in that country. And they say things like, while this straightforward denial might, might seem unremarkable, it's significant because the MOD has previously neither confirmed nor denied that it's in touch with Arrow and fell back on the policy of not commenting on intelligence matters when asked about UK participation. So... I feel like that is definitely kind of like the U.S. Navy did, just slamming the doors on information. And so it almost feels very interestingly timed with the fact that we have these whistleblowers and witnesses coming forward and demanding to be talked about on these topics. And historically, it's up to Arrow, is it not, to look into some of these historical cases? Yeah, but Kirkpatrick doesn't want to. He's too close to retirement. He's within a year of retirement, 18 months maximum. He doesn't care because he knows he could go into the private sector, do the exact same job for a company like Enigma Labs, and Sean Kirkpatrick is going to see his salary doubled, if not tripled, with the knowledge that he hides from this position because he's still going to have security clearance because that's where Enigma Labs is going. And apparently they just got another big push, courtesy of Palantir. But who owns Palantir? Peter Thiel. The man who has invested 5 to $8 million into this private Enigma Labs group. We're being set up. 
the public is being set up to be shunned on this topic. And that sucks. It really sucks. Is there potentially no. Okay. Potentially. Um, but I mean, we know Dr. Kirkpatrick, um, remains unbiased according to him in a recent letter, but feels that there's no there there. And how do you respond to that? NASA says there's no there there. We know they're lying. Look, they don't want to be honest. This is why I'm saying, Tim, and I will and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. There is a reason why the military industrial complex is setting in because the public is getting too close to potential answers. They want the technology, they want the energy, they want the free gravity, they want the free energy, okay? They want it all. Because that's the way they are. And they don't like politicians, especially ones who are on a timeline, snooping around their areas, saying, why can't I have this toy? Why can't I have free energy? Why can't, why can't I have a flying car like the Jetsons? That's what it all comes down to. Keith, going to give you the final word on all that. we got about 30 seconds. Well, the reason I haven't said anything is because, number one, I don't follow the news. But what we're talking about here is something that they have to keep quiet. They're not going to come out for about another 50 to 100 years with the information. Because society wouldn't survive at this stage. You know, it it literally boils down to a question of, if you're going to maintain this, if you're going to maintain societal stability... You have to keep quiet on it for the time being. And thank you guys for a great show tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody sitting at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends... We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them too. Good night. The South, a place where you feel right at home, where a slow southern drawl can soothe even the weariest of souls. 
And heat is more than just flavor. We've weathered many storms, and there's still more to come. That southern charm keeps me going. My flood insurance helps me stay. The weather is uncertain, but I'm sure that I'm sticking around. Protect your property with flood insurance. Visit floodsmart.gov.